This is Matt Hurt at ObsessiveViewer on Twitter. This is Tiny at ObsessiveTiny on Twitter. And this is ObsessiveViewer.com's The Obsessive Viewer Podcast. Hello and welcome to The Obsessive Viewer, where a weekly-ish movie and tv podcast that covers a specific topic be it genre trope movie or show each episode you can find back episodes at ovpodcast.com find the blog at obsessiveviewer.com and you can like us on facebook and join the facebook group at facebook.com slash the obsessive viewer um and before we get into the episode this episode is sponsored by our good friends at horror movie yearbook from the midwest podcast network uh horror movie yearbook is a podcast that discover that discusses uh, horror movies in groups uh, based on the year that they were released um, and contextualizes them into the year that they were released in pop culture and current events and things like that. Their most recent episode was uh, their 14th episode. It was called The Class of 2005, which they discussed The Descent, The Devil's Rejects, The Exorcism of Emily Rose. And they, uh, they have some fun interludes in between each, uh, each segment. And it's a really fun podcast. You can check that out at, uh, at HM Yearbook on Twitter and at horrormovieyearbook.com. That's when we graduated from high school. It is, yes. Yeah. We are class of 2005 is, I don't know why I said that. You, you didn't, you didn't go to the reunion, did you? No. No, me neither. I feel like our class officers kind of dropped the ball on letting everybody know a little bit. See, I don't think that they necessarily dropped the ball. I just think that no one went. Oh, really? I think, I mean, because, I mean, we had that Facebook group, and then I saw the pictures. There was, like, five people. I completely forgot. Like, I forgot about it. I was really? planning to go and just forgot about it. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I... Okay. Yeah. Maybe I wasn't subscribe to the updates on the Facebook group or something? I know that I hid that shit immediately. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, okay. I had no real interest in it. But anyway, yeah, um, yeah enough about our high school reunion, guys. Um, <laughs> or lack thereof. Right. Um, also, at the top of the episode, I just want to mention that our friend Tommy Day from uh, from uh, By the Rights, who was on a few episodes ago, he is also a Patreon subscriber to us, so thank you, Tommy. But he is launching a uh, podcast called The Video Store, which can be found at Video Store FM on pretty much all social media. Um, uh, let's see. The, the Video Store is a group of friends from the Midwest talking about movies, TV, games, and nerd culture. Uh, you can find that at videostore.fm. And on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at uh, Video Store FM. They have a teaser episode because it's already on iTunes. So, and God, like, uh, they have a teaser episode that's an introduction. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Um, and I'm really excited for it. But, uh, I say, I say that, oh God, because, uh, their cover art is so freaking, gr- freaking good. Yeah. Like, look at it. I saw that. Like, how cool is that? Yeah. When I saw it, I was like, <sighs> Man, fuck you. Why are you know, right? how can you be so good right out of the bat? Yeah. Put a microphone in a shoe. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. So uh put so on yeah. your contrarian hat. <laughs> oh, tiny. <laughs> oh man. You were having a good week. I was having a decent week. <laughs> and then Oh God. Oh. Oh man. Oh, I said it. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, check that out at videostore.fm. And, uh, yeah, so today, Tiny, what are we talking about on the podcast? What are we doing? Win it all. Yes. That, that's a movie. I wasn't just saying it. Right. We should probably clarify because I don't know if many <laughs> people have that movie on the radar. Yes, it's the uh, latest Netflix original from mm-hmm. uh, writer, writer-director writer Joe Swanberg mm-hmm. and writer-actor 
Jake Johnson. True. Yes, you came prepared. Yes. Um, yeah, it's available on Netflix, as Tiny said. Uh, since uh, we've been kind of hectic over here at the Obsessive Viewer, Tiny bought a house. I am hosting panels and uh, saw and, and and launching season two of Anthology. Which, by the way, if uh, anyone who's listening who went to my panel at Indiana Comic Con, Tiny included, also Pat from the Nerds You're Looking For, and our frequent guest and friend Robert Feckus. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you guys for going. It was awesome. It was really good. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I was terrified. Well, no, I, I. I. After it was over, I was like, "That is the most questions we've ever gotten at any live event we've ever had." I know. And it was like it was funny because I was like, "That's nice." I wasn't on stage. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Not one of the questions were, "Where's Tiny?" <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but the, yeah, thanks to the audience. I mean, it was really cool. I, I mean, know they had really good questions and you had really good answers. Thank you. I totally. So background on this, um, I had spent the day. Uh, walking around Indiana Comic Con with Fekus. Um, and also I wore a Nightwing shirt. Um, so A, uh, Fekus, in, when, when I met Fekus there, um, he said, Oh, nice Nightwing shirt. And then I missed an opportunity to say a perfect response. And then some guy at a vendor booth, he said the same thing. Oh, nice Nightwing shirt. I missed it up again. But like each time what I should have said was, Yeah, I love Dick. Um, <laughs> Dick Grayson. Nice. Anyway, um, also, uh, Pat from Nerds You're Looking For and a uh, former full-time co-host and eventually coming back someday, maybe, please. Um, <laughs> Mike White was there uh, at the convention. He had to leave before the panel. But, nice. Uh, but yeah, so I got to see Mike. <sighs> anyway, um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, so I had spent the whole day walking around Indiana Comic Con, so I was like, freaking exhausted and i procrastinated so much like i had some notes and a rough outline of how the panel was going to go but i didn't really prepare as much as i would have liked to um so i like to think that i when i was up there in my nightwing shirt i like to think that i i uh i uh i kind of nightwinged it hey Ah. but yeah if i posted the entire audio on uh anthologies rss feed so check that out at anthologypod.com as a special episode um you'll notice 12 minutes into the one hour panel i ran i started asking for people to give questions because i ran out of notes (laughs) Um, (laughs) oh man so yeah it could have been a disaster but it was a lot of fun and thank you to indiana comic-con and i hope they're not listening to this because i want to do something like that again (laughs) um i might submit a panel idea to indie uh indie popcon because i i think the dead the deadline's getting close i'll have to do that like tonight yeah um i don't know if i would do the same one or maybe something else is there a panel idea that you have tiny uh not really okay Give me, give me some time. I can okay. think of something. Okay. You have until the end of this recording. We don't have any time? Nope. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so anyway, so having said all that, thanks again, guys, for checking that out on anthologypod.com and at Indiana Comic Con. And uh, yeah, so um, I was going to bring up this whole thing. I This happened like two months ago, um, but something amazing happened. Have I brought this up on the podcast yet? The bank thing? I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah. The kind of the coolest thing that's ever happened to me in regards to the podcast is I was at the bank like two months ago and, uh, uh, I was, I was closing an account and then like, uh, one of the tellers like from, uh, the cubicle over, he came over and was like, Hey, do you have a podcast? (laughs) The obsessive viewer. And I was like, Oh my God, I just got noticed with my voice. (laughs) Um, granted, I think he heard me say my name. And also when I'd opened the account like two or three years ago, I had, uh, told him about the podcast. No, it wasn't when I opened the account. It was when I was getting the uh, cashier check for 
the first Shark Tower Normington. Okay. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, so that was amazing. So shout out to the guy at the bank. Have I told um, you the follow up to that story? No. So I went to the exact same bank. Okay. And had forgotten about your experience. Seriously? And yeah, and uh, uh, Paige and I, mm-hmm. we basically opened a checking account together. Aww. Yeah, we're adults. Tiny. Um, and the the banker guy was like really friendly and mm-hmm. he was, you know, doing his thing. And so we were kind of talking to him and Paige mentioned that I have a podcast and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then one of the other bankers just kind of came around the corner and was like, I heard, I heard podcasts and like, and, and the other guy was like, yeah, he's really into podcasts. And he was like, what's your podcast? And told him, and he was like, is your friend Matt live nearby or was his even here? And I was like, oh, yeah, he told me that you recognized his voice. That's and so awesome. I was like, I'm the other voice. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, cool, man. And we talked about podcasts for a while. Oh, that's awesome. I can't, did I not tell you that? No. Damn. No, you did not. It was in the throes of moving. Yeah, and that's all that. and that so makes sense. I, it got lost in the shuffle. That's amazing. Yeah, so I had the same experience. That is so cool. Yeah. Oh man, and I know I he kinda, listens. Kind of piggybacked on your experience. Well, because I don't think he would have recognized my voice. Well, you never, you never know. Wow. Um. Yeah. So that's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I know that he has a lot of podcasts in his rotation, so I don't know when he will listen to this, but just saying patreon.com slash obsessive viewer. Yeah. Totally joking. Totally <laughs> link that into JP Morgan Chase. Oh my god, seriously. Yeah. Like, we can have like an like a whole thing. Anyway. Right. Um <laughs> that's ri- ridiculous. Anyway. <laughs> um so anyway, what are we talking about today? We're talking about when it all when it all talked about that. Yeah, so uh, let's see. Do you want to hit us with the plot description on IMDb, Tiny? I'd be happy to. Did you already do that? <coughs> I did not. Okay, good. Go ahead. Eddie Garrett agrees to watch a duffel bag for an acquaintance who is heading to prison. When he discovers cash in the bag, he's unable to resist the temptation and winds up deeply in debt. When the prison release is shortened, Eddie suddenly has a small window of time to win all the money back. Yes, to win it all. Win it all. If if you will. If you will. I wonder if that's where they got the title. I probably. Yeah. Um that's, yeah. that's just clever. Right. <laughs> so um anyway, uh this is a Joe Swanberg movie, Tiny. Um Mumblecore. Mumblecore is the word. That's a word. Yeah, it's kind of a, a sort of style of filmmaking that's mostly improvised, kind of uh kind of um improvised kind of filmmaking uh they don't really shoot with much of a script the most notable one that i remember of theirs uh that they did was drinking buddies back in 2013 which took a couple viewings for me to really warm up to i thought Mm -hmm. it was okay it's like john corman if he were talented john corman corman like john Mm -hmm. corman filmmaker from like the 70s he would make movies for like a thousand dollars are you talking about roger corman roger corman yeah there you go okay yeah corman yeah yeah. Anyway, anyways, um, they also did Digging for Fire, which I never saw. And have you ever seen the show on Netflix called Easy? I haven't. Okay, it's haven't. it's an anthology show oh. um, about relationships, I think. But I've heard mixed things, hmm. um, which I think that's kind of that's kind of how the mumblecore movement is kind of uh, uh, met with is kind of mixed mixed results. Yeah. Um, the Duplass brothers kind of dabbled in the in that in this genre a little bit yeah um some of their early stuff was kind of mumblecore-ish mm-hmm. yeah but they i think they've kind yeah. of um uh moved on from that a little bit yeah i think they've, little... they've grown a bit yeah um 
Yeah, yeah, and I think that they they did it well. Joe Swanberg, I, I appreciate his filmmaking. I know that mm-hmm. he did, um, uh, or he appeared in ah, that movie, um, Adam Wingard's movie. Hmm. I can't remember it. Um, hmm. You're next. Um, oh yeah, yeah. He appeared in that, and uh, but I know that he's done some other things. He was he did uh, a segment on VHS. In VHS, the movie. Right, right. Um, yeah, I don't think I liked his segment either. Oh, really? If I'm not mistaken, I could be incorrect, but I think his segment was the, uh, in the first VHS, was the one that had a, it was the webcam one. Okay. Yeah, that yeah. made no goddamn sense. <laughs> um, I think it was that one. It might be the Newlyweds one. Let me check on that real quick. But anyway, yeah. um, so Joe Swanberg, I like. I liked Drinking Buddies, and I think that his uh, at his uh, what his strength is is having a um, having a story or, or a setting that has uh, talented actors that are playing on the chemistry between those actors and kind of a kind of a romantic chemistry between yes. them. That's that's what. That's what I like about Drinking Buddies. I think he's more of like a collaborator as opposed to like a like a strict director. Yeah, he definitely does yeah. like a uh yeah, the the whole um the whole kind of premise of his filmmaking technique is kind of contingent on the collaboration of the different uh talents involved as well. Right. I'm totally uh stalling. Stalling to yeah. get to this. Um Okay, no, Ty West did Second Honeymoon. Joe Swanberg did thing, did the, uh, found for the, uh, uh, crap, what is it called? The, um, webcam segment. Okay. Yeah, which I didn't like. Yeah, that was like the most underwhelming. It was. I think I didn't like it because I just, I thought the writing was silly. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, so what did you think kind of in broad terms, tiny about when at all? And if we need to, we could go into a spoiler section, but I honestly don't think there's really any need to, but we'll see where it goes. Okay. Yeah. I, I enjoyed this one quite a bit. Um, I think I liked it more than drinking buddies. Um, I, I think drinking buddies was interesting for what it was, but I think it, it didn't, it didn't, thrill me i guess as as a viewer mm-hmm. but i think when it all was a little bit more conventional especially mm-hmm. than, than drinking buddies um i i really loved the it, it had the underdog feel to it really appealed to me and i think even though it was a little formulaic in that regard at least early on mm-hmm. um i i just think it it stuck to the formula well and yeah. it uh it 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 hit that it hit that formula really well, so I, I appreciated that about it. Um, and I think it had a a slight it broke that formula with the ending, and I think that was kind of fun. And it um, I, I liked the direction it took. Um, and there, there's something about Jake Johnson that I think is just really he's just like an everyman, mm-hmm. and it, like I just I feel like he doesn't act, I feel like he's not acting. I feel. I, th- I think sometimes Jake, he's just kind of playing Jake Johnson, mm-hmm. um, but but I'm fine with that for whatever reason. I think he's, it, you know, it might wear it wear out after a while, and it'll stop being stop being appealing. But uh, mm-hmm. I'm 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 just really thrilled with what he does. There's there's something about him that I just love to watch. Yeah, I I agree with you on Jake Johnson for sure. He is. I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. He is kind of like an everyman. He he kind of has this uh energy to him it's like it's like whereas like other actors if they had like a 
I don't want to say typecast or had anything that would typecast them, but had like a uh, particular shtick. Um, like I'm thinking of like uh, Melissa McCarthy or Michael Sarah or anything. Mm-hmm. Those are very much like traits that are like inherent to like their market marketability rather than what is their inherent personality. Right. Uh, Jake Johnson just seems like, Hey, I'm just this, this is who I am. This is the role that I'm yes. doing. And like, you could almost, I could see like if any, if there are any detractors for him, I could see them thinking that it's lazy or anything, but I just, I think it's a really, uh, uh, really good, um, persona to, to kind of capture for the type of types of roles he's taking. Totally. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so uh, did you have any more thoughts on that or did you want to, um, those are kind of the broad, the broad strokes of it really. Um, yeah, sure. So, um, my, uh, broad thoughts on it are, I thought it was okay. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't, I wasn't too, uh, I wasn't too. I don't know if I'd say impressed by it. I just wasn't as taken with it as I was kind of hoping to be. Um, Jake Johnson was um, very uh, likable in kind of a uh, self-destructive kind of way. Um, And uh, the kind of compulsion of his character to dig himself deep um, throughout the movie, um, the compulsion of that was was handled pretty well. Cause like he, he finds the money in the bag and he's like, Oh, like he, it's kind of depicted as him. I don't know if, I don't know. Well, yeah, it's depicted as him having like a gambling addiction. Um, and having that kind of him finding that money and then making the, uh, decision to use it to, you know, win money to, you know, make a profit off of it. It's a very organic kind of, um, logical progression throughout the movie. And that's like, I never felt like, Oh, he's, he's getting in deep because he's, he's, you know, the, the script necessitated. It felt very natural for him to dig himself deeper into the, into the hole that he's in. Um, so I liked that aspect of it. And there's a whole sub, uh, uh, subplot and, uh, it's a, it's a good part of the movie where, um, a good portion of the movie, I should say, where his brother, uh, played by Jolo Trulia, uh, um, he like he starts working for him, and and they have this uh, this relationship there, uh, where oddly enough, Jolo uh, Jolo Truglio, am I? Do you know if I'm pronouncing Jolo Truglio? That that's what I would say. Yeah. yeah, he is kind of like the straight man in the movie. Yeah, um, and I thought that that was really interesting to see him because he's he's uh, usually kind of an out there kind of character. I mean, he's the high pitched guy and I love you, man. He's the, or I don't know if high pitch is the right word, but he's a squeaky voice guy. Um, he's, he's, uh, kind of a silly character in Brooklyn nine, nine. Uh, so it was interesting to see him play like the, the kind of responsible adult of this sibling relationship. Um, so I dug that about it, but by the end of the movie, um, I kind of felt like, and I think that this is indicative of the the whole mumblecore movement and the whole mumblecore like subgenre, is that I felt like, I felt like as strong as the chemistry was between the characters and as strong as the dynamics were, um, and and kind of the improvised nature of the of the dialogue and everything, as strong as all that was, I feel like the 
the movie kind of petered out toward the end and it, it didn't really come to a point where, um, all of the, all of the plot lines were, were tied together in a satisfying way for me. The movie just kind of ends and it exists as, as it is, which I think is kind of a staple of this type of movie. But I think it's, especially in a movie like this, where, um, where it's maybe more plot driven than any other like mumblecore type of movie that I've seen. Um, I think that it's, it works to its detriment that it kind of, that it kind of just, uh, ends without, without much resolution. There's, there's resolution and everything, but, um, it wasn't as satisfying to me as what a kind of more conventionally created movie would have been. Yeah. Um, I echo a lot of that. I feel like the, the climax was like almost missing from the movie. I mean, yeah. you can't point to a specific moment and say that it was the climax of the movie. Um, but you know, the other kind of pieces of the puzzle were, were there. And I think mm-hmm. those worked relatively well. Um, I completely agree about Joe LaTruclio. I was going to bring that mm-hmm. up as well. Nice. Um, I, I thought he was the standout performance mm-hmm. um, as much as I love Jake Johnson and I had no problem with his performance in this. Um, like you said, he always Joe Latrilli always plays the goofy guy. Yeah, and that that's all I've ever seen him do. And he's awesome at that. You know, he's he's awesome. Um, he's awesome. <laughs> oh, that's that. perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Um, and I wouldn't change those other performances, but it was really cool to just see him be the straight guy mm-hmm. and still be still be funny. I mean, I, he had some some great lines. Um, and it like I totally. I think the best chemistry in the movie was him and Jake Johnson. Um, I totally bought them as brothers. Oh they, yeah, they had such a brother vibe to them. It was really well done. Um, so I love that. I feel like the female lead, played by uh, Aislinn Derbez, I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. She's she's a Mexican actress. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like she was kind of a fish out of water. Um, yeah, just because I I just feel like she's she felt like it felt like she was. F- foreign to the mumble core format. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, I'm not trying to sound xenophobic or anything because she right. happens to be a Mexican actress. Right. But that's not what I mean. I mean, she just, I, I feel, I feel like she wasn't familiar with that style. Mm-hmm. I felt like she was, she kind of clashed with Jake Johnson a little bit. Okay. You um, say that, but you kept like messaging me throughout the whole movie saying like, when is she going to build this fuck, fucking wall for us? Stealing a job um, from a white lady. Anyway, and, <laughs> Anyway, I agree with you though. Uh, that was a joke. He didn't message me yeah. at all. She wasn't bad. Um, I'm not saying she was bad. Yeah. I just feel like she didn't. She she didn't fit in. She was kind of mm. the oddball. She seemed like she was the maybe the only performer in the movie that was that was you know had had a a script that she was following. Right. That's that's right. how her performance felt, which isn't bad. I mean, that's a conventional movie. Right. But in this, it it did kind of stick out in right. in a negative way. Right. Um, and also just I feel like the relationship between her and and Jake Johnson's character felt um not necessarily perfunctory, but like it felt like it was playing second fiddle to the relationship between him and Jolo Truglio. Mm-hmm. Like that was like the dominant kind of uh um chemistry and, and dominant relationship between the two. Like there are moments between those two where like he is Jake Johnson is is in a desperate situation and he's he's pleading with Jolo Truglio and Jolo Jolo Truglio is doing his his he's reacting to it. Like these scenes where they're they're kind of 
really like high energy, very angry and, and pleading um, and everything. Those are like some of the most like they're like the standout performances and standout sequences of the whole movie um, for me. And that also goes with uh, Keegan-Michael Key is another actor that's in the movie. He plays mm-hmm. um, Jake Johnson's sponsor and they have some really good scenes together. Um, but yeah, it's st- it still felt like it was just kind of strung together in a, in a way that I feel like it would have benefited from. And also, <laughs> I mean, for all I know, this movie could have been scripted out and, and meticulously shot off of the script. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just, it feels like the mumblecore type of movie yeah. and all the improvis- improvisation and everything. I agree um, with the relationship thing. Yeah. I, I feel like, I think it was important that his character had a personal relationship that he was working on really closely. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause you know, it's kind of about him growing up a little bit and yeah. taking responsibility for his life and, you know, going towards a more traditional lifestyle and him enjoying that mm-hmm. and wanting to do that. And so, it makes sense that he would be building a personal relationship, but I think it would have been, I think it would have made a little more sense or maybe been a little more or a little less conventional if he had, like early on in the movie, he has a fun scene with his nephew. Mm-hmm. He's kind of like having fun with his nephew and he goes over to dinner with yeah. his brother's house. I think it would have been cool if he had gotten like really close with his nephew mm-hmm. and like, um, you know, worked on that relationship and the relationship with his brother. And something would have gone wrong there, and that would have been the conflict. Yeah. Um, as opposed to the the actual, like the romantic relationship that mm-hmm. was a little forced and a little a little goofy. And I, I think I think it would have just been it would have been more fun if it was, or, or maybe a little more natural mm-hmm. if it had been with his brother and the nephew. I definitely see what you mean, and I and I do agree to an extent. I have a counter to that, though, mm-hmm. but um, I do agree because that would make it more of a familial thing. It's mm-hmm. like a family thing, um, which I think would have been would have strengthened the kind of tone and the the storyline of the movie in general um, really well. But my kind of counter to that, or my my counter example to that, is that uh, I think it would have been it probably would have worked better in the movie that they could have had the, the romantic relationship as well, but had it be throughout the movie, more of a flirtatious kind of like, um, slow build thing. Like, mm-hmm. cause the kind of whole, like you said, the whole movie is kind of about him growing up and everything. And he's in this relationship throughout a lot of the movie, most of the movie. Um, I kind of feel like it would have been better if, if the kind of journey that he takes was more him overcoming his issues and his his uh compulsions and and his his screw ups and everything and then like the reward is him getting the the relationship um yeah or it's like that's when he's you know he's changed himself enough that it's like okay now he can handle an adult relationship but i mean i mean we're kind of splitting hairs here it's mm-hmm. the the movie itself the journey that the that the uh the journey that Jake Johnson's character uh takes throughout the movie I, I enjoy it. I, like I, I enjoyed it um, and thought that it, it worked well for what they were going for or the progression of the character worked well for the story being told and, and it followed a logical progression for me. Um, I just felt like the ending just didn't, didn't, it didn't stick the landing. It didn't wrap up in a, in a satisfactory way for me. That's fair. That's yep. fair. Yeah. Yep. Uh, anything else? <laughs> um, no, I mean, I, I kind of dug it. It was fun. Like I, I again, I wouldn't. It's not going to be a top twenty or a top ten. Sure. Um, but yeah, it was. It was a fun movie. I, I have kind of hit or miss 
mixed feelings on the whole mumblecore subgenre. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Sometimes it's 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 hard to pin down for me. But this this was a this was a good one. I think I I enjoyed this one personally. Nice. Now, have you seen uh, Digging for Fire or Happy Christmas? I saw Happy Christmas. Okay. What did you I think of that? Was it was that a similar buddies. style? Um, yeah, I, I, I don't remember it that much, to be honest. Okay. Um, so it, obviously I can't, I can't uh, imagine that it was all that great mm-hmm. given that I don't really remember it very much, but, uh, you know, I'm always the, the charm and the appeal of the movies is, mm-hmm. is the chemistry like you mentioned earlier. Yeah. You know, these are all actors who kind of know each other and they're used to working with each other and, and, you know, that's, that's a good thing, mm-hmm. but that, that's usually the charm of the movies and. That's what I tend to remember. I tend to remember, like in Happy Christmas, Melanie Linsky and Anna Kendrick were really great together. Nice. But I don't necessarily remember specifics. I don't remember sure. Yeah, all the details of the relationships and all the, the, the dialogue and all that. But I remember how great some of the actors were together. Nice. That's so. kind of how I feel about Drinking Buddies a little bit. Yeah. Like, yeah. I remember some parts of it, but I don't remember like any standout moments. And I think that that's... There's like no plot to that movie. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. And it's all about relationships. And I, and I appreciate what they did. And the, I kind of feel like that type of movie is kind of like... Kind of like watching like a, a stage production or like mm-hmm. a play that doesn't have much of a plot. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it kind of has that feeling where it's, it's more about the performance rather than... Um, like it, it's like seeing like a live performance on on a film, mm-hmm. but I think where when it all differs from that is that like that has scenes in the movie that are going to stick with me as as things that I'll remember like oh yeah when it all that was really good I remember that scene with Joe Truglio and and Jake Johnson where they're in the office and and uh, and uh, there's that pivotal scene and I I kind of uh, feel like yeah that's uh, that's a step up for that type of movie. Totally. And uh spoiler, do we need to do spoilers or not? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Yeah. Um so yeah, I guess that's our review of Win It All. Um it's a Netflix original that's on Netflix right now, so you can check it out. Um yeah, I I would would you recommend it? I would. I think I think I think that I think the the subgenre will appeal to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would uh I'd recommend it. I wouldn't recommend it for like a rom-com fan or straight comedy fan, but if you want um a pretty um kind of dramatic comedy movie that isn't so like haha funny but more kind of contemplative um and situational uh I would uh, I'd recommend checking it out. So that's Win It All, and it is on the Netflix. Hey, Internet. My name's Tommy Day, and I'm here to announce a brand new podcast called The Video Store. The Video Store is the Midwest's premier chemtrail podcast. All Pokemon fan fiction all the time. We're going to track down Jim Varney, a.k.a. Ernest, and find out where's he been all this time. Oh, wait. No, he's dead. The Video Store is a group of friends from the Midwest talking about movies, games, TV, books, all kinds of just general nerd culture. We're going to have guests, like super famous guests. You won't believe the guests we're going to have. The show is going to premiere very soon. You can find us at videostore.fm and on all of the social media platforms at videostore.fm. 
Thanks for stopping by the video store. And remember, be kind, rewind. So, Tiny, we're going to kind of, uh, that was a kind of a short review. So I think what we're going to do is we're going to do kind of a extended poop segment totes yes so uh do you want to get us uh kicked off here yeah absolutely um so i at the new house i have like kind of my own area for like the first time uh since i've been together with my fiance and so i really like dove into that pretty hardcore over the past like two three weeks um in two weeks i've watched like 11 movies which is pretty decent um compared to what i was doing anyways um, that's so awesome. Yeah. It's almost it. like you're not back to normal. <laughs> that's, that's, that's terrible. Thanks, Matt. Please, I hope Paige never listens. <laughs> um, no, it's 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 good because it, it kind of, I don't know. Yeah. It, it's good for you. Totally has that feel. Yeah. So, yeah, I got I got a couch down in my, my man cave now. So I was sitting on a lawn chair mm-hmm. before. So that's that's been great. Um, so to kind of dive back into the whole watching movies all the time thing mm-hmm. um i really like it's it's funny i really dove into like really simplistic like big budget action movies nice. and that's kind of been like my way back into that i guess um like it's it's been rare over the past year for me to like watch a movie during the week mm-hmm. but i've watched like four during the week over the past couple of weeks that's so. so awesome yeah um but i haven't really wanted to watch like you know something that makes me think right <laughs> um so it's just been funny but it's i've been like kind of really enjoying them okay and i i'm almost embarrassed at the movies i've enjoyed <laughs> kind of a lot not a lot but sure more than i should so the movies that i've enjoyed more than i should that i'm almost embarrassed of <laughs> uh warcraft okay interesting yeah uh the magnificent <laughs> seven okay the remake yeah uh war dogs sure. uh, suicide squad um, and Terminator Genesis. Oh boy! Yeah, okay. like those were mostly critically and audience panned movies mm-hmm. for the most part. But I don't know. Maybe it's just like the place I'm at huh. right now. But I I kind of dug the movies a little bit. Like, had you not seen Terminator Genesis? I had not seen it. Really? I had not seen it. Um, and, and it's not just me being crazy because mm-hmm. I, there's two other movies I watched that were critically in audience panned mm-hmm. uh, that I didn't like at all. Assassin's Creed oh, okay. was terrible. Interesting. And uh, Jack Reacher, Never Go Back. Oh, interesting. Was not, was not good. Oh, I've Very heard that, and I know you're, you're a fan of the original. Love the original. Huh. Um, yeah. So I'll, I'll start with Jack Reacher, Never mm-hmm. Go Back, um, which is an awful title. Yeah. That's terrible. <laughs> um, not because of Justin Bieber. Right. Um, wasn't that the name of the documentary? Um... Uh, never, uh, was it never back then? I'm going to look that up because, Who cares? because the Lonely <laughs> Island movie, uh, pop star, never uh, stop stopping, never stop, never stopping. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what, I don't know. Yeah. I'm going to look that up cause it's yeah. never say never, never say never. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, never go back to terrible subtitle. It's just <laughs> super generic. Um, and unfortunately that's how the whole movie was. Oh, that's the meat of the movie was very generic. Um, mm. I feel like they carried a little bit of momentum from the first movie mm-hmm. and the first half was, was really mysterious and I think it was true to the character and true to the genre, but the second half, they just completely lost it. 
Um, in the climax of the movie, you know, obviously there's going to be the big boss fight, if you will, mm-hmm. where, you know, Jack Reacher is fighting the main villain throughout the movie. They get into their big fight and, you know, you have your conclusion. Well, literally the sidekick for Jack Reacher throughout the movie, played by Kobe Smulders, mm-hmm. um, she was standing there watching with a gun right next to her. Oh, she really? could have just picked up the gun and shot the guy in the head, and that was that is. Oh, that is yeah, that is so really egregious. Yeah, I was really, I was like, really, we're doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, it just had such. The second half was just super generic. Um, because in the first movie, I feel like they they set up this scenario really well, mm-hmm. where like the villain was the villains was kind of like this international. Um, What's it called? Like a, like an international crime syndicate. Okay. It reminded me of like Spectre in 007. Okay. That's what they kind of established with the first movie. Sure. And the second movie is just completely not not existent. Oh, really? Yeah. So I wish they would have carried that thread a little bit better, Dang. and they didn't. So I was just really disappointed. That's a bummer. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they will make a second or a third one or anything, but would you would you revisit? Would your would your uh, fandom of the first one or your enjoyment of the first one make you check out a third one if they do it? Definitely. I mean, okay. I definitely want to check it out. Um, and, you know, this one had... Did Edward, Z- Edward Zwick directed it? So, oh, I mean, like, yeah. they have a big director, and mm-hmm. I don't know. I was just really disappointed. So, you know, I would say, oh, if they get a good director and a good team for the third one, yeah, but mm-hmm. I'll definitely see it, but I I don't know. I I was just really disappointed with this one, and... I don't know. It feels like they kind of lost what the character was. Okay. So, we'll, well see. That's disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. Should I, should I go next? Go for it. Okay, sweet. So uh, what should I bring up first? Okay, so this is kind of a unique thing. Um, it's not necessarily a movie or show that I watched. Um, but recently, a couple weeks ago, or a few weeks ago, I can't remember when it was, um, I saw a live performance at, in Indianapolis. Um, and the reason I'm bringing it up is, uh, the reason I'm bringing it up is that it is something that I think our listeners would really enjoy. Um, it's called, it's Defiance Comedy. It's, uh, this group of uh people i'm gonna bring them up on facebook here um it's this it's this comedy outfit here in indianapolis um that uh their in their information on on uh the facebook says the comedy group that brought you the innovative live episodic stage sitcoms jesus is my roomie and mom and pop porno shop <laughs> um so i went and saw the kind of their whole thing is that they they do live performances of like sitcoms that they write so they have like like single setting sitcoms that they they write and then they perform live for an audience in each performance at least the performance i went to is uh is two episodes with one inter- intermission in between in between the two um and the <laughs> the show that I saw was called Spaceship to Nowhere. <laughs> it was a uh, Star Trek kind of parody where it's like this group of uh, this crew of of uh, this spaceship crew. They go on adventures and stuff, and it's like the set is the bridge of the of the SS Defiance, and it's. It was so much fun. It was <laughs> such a freaking blast. The the guy who played the um 
the captain, he had this energy, like he kept, he kept mispronouncing words and he kept, he had like a, an inflection that was parodying, um, um, uh, William Shatner from Star Trek, uh, the original series, but, <laughs> but not in a way that felt forced or anything. It just felt, it felt so natural and, uh, like, I mean, he, like everyone, everyone in, in the production was just on fire. Um, and they had a, uh, an actor who apparently, like, I'm not as plugged in with the local theater scene or anything, but they had an actor who is like one of the like most like well-respected actors, or he's one of the most sought after actors in the local Indianapolis, uh, uh, theater scene. <laughs> they had him in it and they, uh, like he just played multiple roles, but they were like very like he was mostly just red shirts um <laughs> who he'd get he'd get killed immediately, and like in the opening credits, like they had opening credits to play uh throughout it and um or like at the beginning of each of each uh quote unquote episode um and had like introducing and then the guy's name and it's i it was it was a lot of fun it nice. was it was such a blast um and they're planning on doing um episodes three and four around Christmas, I believe. Okay. So, yeah, I recommend going to uh, facebook.com slash defiance comedy and giving them a like and, uh, and checking some of their stuff out. Cause, and they've had other, um, shows, um, in like each title that they did was like, I was like, these are all things that I really want to see. <laughs> like, this is like, these are things that are right in my wheelhouse. Like, I think they had one that was called, uh, Hall and Oats. Um, uh, hall space like hall spelled h a u l and oats with an e uh between the t and s um hall and oats uh time travel private detectives i think <laughs> um and yeah it's just it's it was such a fun uh such a fun uh experience so i definitely recommend checking out uh um uh, defiance comedy and uh, facebook.com slash defiance comedy and on twitter at defiance comedy um it's it was it was a lot of fun, so I recommend checking them out. That sounds awesome. Yeah, I was I was really impressed. Um, cool. Yeah, and I also I I wore my uh, a new shirt that I had um, that I was super excited about, um, and I didn't really plan it for this, but uh, like I just happened to wear a shirt that says uh, it has a picture of the space shuttle, and at the top it says science, and at the bottom it says because you can't pray this shit into space. <laughs> so awesome. I was like, yeah, my wardrobe matched. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so yeah, so that's Defiance Comedy. Uh, check that out if you're in Indianapolis. Nice. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to talk about one of the movies that I, that a lot of people didn't like, but I did. Sure. Um, and I, I think the most controversial is probably Suicide Squad. Okay, wait, wait. Uh, okay, so you liked Suicide Squad? I kind of like Suicide Squad. Really? I know. Okay, let's, let's talk know. about this. So to get it out of the way, I have to acknowledge that it's, it's really not good movie mm -hmm. or it's not a great movie by any stretch um there are plenty of things plenty of issues i had with it i mean mm -hmm. it, the script was pretty lazy mm -hmm. um i think when you were talking about it you mentioned that one or basically two characters literally just come out of nowhere mm. yep i uh -huh. mean they're just like oh and this guy it's it's it was really bad yeah i was like are you gotta be fucking kidding me mm -hmm. it was it was really bad um, like one of them didn't even have a backstory. <laughs> he just showed up. I mean, it was a car drove up while someone was in the middle of a speech. They're like, oh yeah. And this guy, and he gets out and he's part of the suicide squad. Yeah. I, and he, 
he says something or does something that's so over the top misogynistic. Yeah. Something like he doesn't he punch a woman in the face or something or I think so. Something I don't know. He Ugh. was beyond forgettable. Yeah. So yeah, that that was really bad. Mm-hmm. Um so there's there's plenty of things to crap on. It was a it was a relatively weak plot. Mm-hmm. And all that. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that you can that you can point to that's not good about it. And I'm really not going to try to defend the movie that much. But I really love these characters. I kind of loved them. I mean, okay. some of them, yeah, were, like some of them were dumb. Like um, the ones we mentioned earlier and like some of them just had so little to do mm-hmm. that they were lost in the shuffle. And, you know, other other team movies aka marvel mm-hmm. uh didn't have that problem really right so it's 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 a, a structure and a production and a writing issue um but like i i feel like margot roby mm-hmm. was like freaking perfect as harley quinn i loved her like she okay. was awesome like she sure. made me laugh tons of times mm-hmm. she was nuts and like really sexy and hot and I thought she was like a perfect Harley Quinn. I mean, I, I thought she absolutely nailed it, and I enjoyed the hell out of her performance. Okay. Um, Will Smith, while I feel like he was slumming it a little bit here, yeah. um, and he, I really didn't get his character that much, <laughs> I thought he was a pretty good, like, kind of a team builder leader kind of guy. Like, mm-hmm. he, he for whatever reason, knew how to react to, like, Harley Quinn's crazy and yeah. keep these people in check a little bit and kind of be a leader. Again, you know, he's no Iron Man. Mm-hmm. You know, he's no Captain America. Um, but I I thought he was fine. I thought he did fine. Um, and I can finally say for the first time ever that I really enjoyed Jay Courtney. Okay. Because <laughs> he is such a run-of-the-mill actor. Yeah. Every time I see him, I'm like, oh, that's that Jay Courtney guy. He was in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just so mediocre, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, I've never been... Like, he's fine. He's fine, but he's just never noteworthy. And he gets into these huge franchise movies. Yeah. Like he, he was in uh he was in Terminator Genesis. Right. And oh he, god. And he was Jay Courtney. Like he was playing Jay Courtney. That's right. I know. Like he got like this iconic role. Mm-hmm. He played uh Reese mm-hmm. uh in Terminator. It's like that's a huge role. Yeah. And he's just Jay Courtney. Like he was he was completely Damn. unimpressive. Very vanilla. But in this movie, he was a nutbag, and he was using this crazy Australian accent. And yeah, his character had no business being in this movie. Right. And he was off the wall. But I thought he was really goofy, and he had some great lines, and he was he was playing a character for once. Hmm. And I thought he did a pretty decent a pretty decent job. Okay. He was fun. So, um, Jared Leto was uh, he. He did more than play with the lion. He was a little over the top as the Joker. Yeah. Um, and and the the costume department went overboard with the Joker. That's a given. Yep. I, yeah. But I won't go ahead. Yeah. Yep. Um. So yeah, I, I'm not I'm not gonna defend the movie. I will not call it a good movie. Mm-hmm. I will say that I enjoyed it. Okay. I sure. enjoyed it. I would probably give it like. A five and a half, maybe pending a rewatch, a six out of ten. Okay. Which I think is pretty generous. I think most people did not give it that high of a rating. Um, So, you know, I'm not going to give it a seven or an eight or a nine out of ten. Sure. It's not deserving of that. But for whatever reason, I just enjoyed it. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I did, just didn't. I, that's, I that's fine. Really aggressively did not like that movie. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Margot Robbie was was fine, I guess, but I think that, and I said this previously on the podcast, but um, the strength of the movie—I don't even want to use that strong a term—the <laughs> um, watchable part of the movie was Will Smith and um, oh man, I can't remember his name. Um, Joel Kinnaman. Yeah, Joel Kinnaman, who yeah. played um, uh, Rick Flag. Yes. Um, they're they're the way that they kind of uh, butted heads with each other. Mm-hmm. I thought that was that was that was something that if they would have had, if they would have done more things like that, and and kind of you know had strengthened that a little bit, it would have been a more watchable movie for me. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, it's just ah. There's at the end of the, like toward the climax of the movie, there's, or like midway through the movie, I don't remember the timing of it. There's a thing that happens and then you, they cut away from it as if there's supposed to be some big mystery surrounding what happened in it. It's like in a subway. And then later in the movie, they cut back to it as if it's a big reveal about what happened. Yeah, that was dumb as hell. But it, the thing that it was the thing that happened was the thing that they cut away from like nothing nothing about it was something yeah. that's like there was no reveal it was yeah. god damn it it was a sloppy ass so movie. so stupid yeah it was it was like it, it was like a clown juggling 12 things mm-hmm. and halfway through he drops five of the things yes and the clown had a damage tattoo on his forehead <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah that was really bad yeah oh god yeah. yeah that movie god damn it yeah um i can't wait to talk about wonder woman and justice league this year <laughs> anyway um yeah i yeah i, I just i just had fun with it for whatever reason and that's that's fair that's totally fair yeah um i'm glad that you had that experience because i just i just didn't i, I wish i could have <laughs> um oh man Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, off the top. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, should, should I go next? Please. Okay. So I rediscovered my love of something. Um, so recently on Netflix, they released the new season, new season reboot of uh, MST3K. Yes. Uh, yes. With with uh, uh, Jonah Ray um, as the lead. Um, I can't remember who does the voices of the robots. I know that Tom Servo is voiced by uh, Baron Vaughn, and a uh, Crow T robot is voiced by Hampton Yount. Um, the, okay. They're both uh, comics, and yeah. So, so I kind of uh, watched the first couple episodes on a whim, um, not necessarily on a whim. I, I just kind of wanted to have something playing in the background, and I just kind of I was hit with this nostalgia. Because I haven't watched MST3K, like the original, like in a long time. Um, I remember you and I, when we worked nights as security guards, we did our job. Uh, neither <laughs> one of us worked for that company anymore. Um, no. Um, we, like, I remember when we, I mean, we would watch MST3K. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember specifically one episode we watched was the Skydivers was the movie. Okay, um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and like, cause I remember you kind of went through a thing where you, where you bought a bunch of the box yeah. sets. Yeah, and like, I remember like liking it when, when we watched it, but like watching this new iteration of it, 
and uh and kind of seeing this this new take on it uh just kind of reminds me of like like growing up as a kid like we would watch like i I know my dad would watch it and we would kind of watch it like when when he was watching it mm-hmm. and like i don't know it's just kind of it stuck with me like i really enjoyed i really enjoyed watching uh them rip on riff on uh terrible movies um and then also i remember as a kid just really being annoyed that they were taking up part of the screen yeah um like that that aggravated the hell out of me it's totally matt hurt yeah oh yeah (laughs) but i just remember just having fond memories of watching the original and uh and i mean i'm no expert on it i'm i'm no expert at all on it Mm -hmm. but um i'm i'm really enjoying this iteration of it i think that it's a lot of fun i was a little nervous about jonah ray um me too yeah which i don't know if that's necessarily fair to say um because i mean there's nothing wrong with him i just think that in terms of like the nerdist podcast i think he's kind of the not weak link of it but he's kind of the one that i don't i don't relate to as much i'm not a hipster douchebag there you go yeah i mean he is is. he's not unfunny Right, yeah, he's a funny guy, but yeah. he's yeah. There's not as much relatability, yeah, uh, with him, with me. So, um, this is his, you know, this is his comedy styling and everything in 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 the show, and I mean, it works really well. Nice. Um, so I watched a, the first couple episodes of that, and I also had a conundrum that, and I want to, I might put a poll in the Facebook group. I should put a poll in the Facebook group. Do it. Kind of forgot we had that. Um, <laughs> so my question to the listeners here and join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the obsessive viewer. Join the Facebook group. I don't think I've seen the guy from the bank um, on, in the group. That's what interesting. The hell? I know, right? Um, I'm sorry for closing my account. Um, <laughs> no. Um, anyway, uh, it also helps that I don't even, I didn't say his name. Anyway, um, <laughs> So my question is watching an episode of MST3K the entire episode is an entire movie that they're riffing on do you count that as your movie as a movie watched in your movies watch list I don't know I know I had it's so gray such a gray area Yeah um I you know I would say no because you're not, you're not watching the movie. Mm-hmm. You're watching them watching the movie. You are, and technically, that's an episode of television, mm-hmm. not a movie. True. However, yes. It- <laughs> <laughs> I love the. I love the. Yes. Um, <laughs> what the hell are you going to say now? No. Um, however. Isn't that the same thing as saying like, like if you and I were to sit here and watch, um, some stupid movie and make fun of it just on our own, we go see the fate of the furious and we giggle and laugh and we make remarks to each other about, Oh, he just said that about this. And that's, that's such a funny thing. (laughs) Isn't that the same concept as watching something with, isn't it is it the same concept as watching a commentary track? Because you would count that as watching the movie. We would, wouldn't we? Yeah. But there is a visual aspect to MST3K mm-hmm. because they take up part of the screen. Which <laughs> they you, do. Which you hate. And they do, yes. <laughs> Although I'm, I'm warming up to it. Nice. Um, and there's the breaks. There where are they breaks goof off. and interludes. So it is a different dynamic. It's true. You're not participating. 
in MST3K while you are participating in going to see the Fate of the Furious where you goof off. And part of that participation means you have to watch the movie. So you are watching a movie, but you're also watching them. You have to watch the movie in MST3K to under, to put their jokes in context. Exactly. So that is a, that is a humdinger. It is. And, and like, I can tell you that, yes, I know about, um, a movie where a lizard came to life and I know a movie about a search for Bigfoot that happened to like in a special bond between Bigfoot and a kid. Santa Claus on Mars. Yeah. 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 Plan nine from outer space. Right. I mean, uh, Monos Hands of Fate. Monos Hands of Fate. It's a classic one. Yeah. The skydivers. <laughs> um, so it's, it's a tough call. It's a tough call. Um, I, I'll tell you what, I'm fine with either one. If you okay. want to include it, go ahead. If you don't, don't. I think that this is a issue for the listeners. Call to your congressman. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, no, I will put a poll in the Facebook group, um, and I might actually isolate the audio of this and put that separately in that poll. Cool. Just so, if I can, I don't know if I can do that, but um, yeah, I'll definitely we'll we'll, we'll, we'll report back. Totally. Um, but I will say that I am enjoying I am enjoying this iteration of of MST three K. Felicia Day and Patton Oswalt are also in it, and uh, and it's it's just it's just a fun show. It's nice. It's a lot of fun to watch them, you know, do their thing, and it carries on the spirit of of MST3K that I have fond nostalgic memories of. I am really happy to hear that. Yeah, yeah, and I'm I'm really uh, curious to see what you think of it whenever you get around to it. I, I definitely will be. Um, nice. Speaking of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you let me use your Hulu login. <laughs> I did. Yes. Yeah. Um, also, on that note, before you continue, first, are are you switching to your thing? Sort of. Okay. Before I do that, before we do that, first, um, if you're a fan of MST3K and riffing on movies, check out Cinemaside, our buddies over at Cinemaside. Totally. Yes. They actually just made a big announcement. They are going to be at Chicago Pop Culture Con 2017. They were actually invited to make a guest appearance there. Awesome. Um, so go check that. that that's November 25th and 26th, uh, 2017. Check them out at uh, cinemaside.com. Cinemaside, C-I-N-E. M A C I D E dot com. Nice. Yes. Okay. So anyway, uh, yeah, Hulu account. Yes. Which, yes. You, you talking about MST three K made me think of Hulu because they have some of the old episodes on Hulu. They do. They don't have everyone because rights. It's like ten seasons. Yeah. yeah it's also, a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, but they have quite a few episodes on Hulu. Like forty four, I think. Nice. That's they also have a bunch on awesome. Netflix. Oh, do they original. really? Yeah. That's awesome. That's mm-hmm. great to hear. Um, but on Hulu, uh, this isn't really a potpourri yet entry that okay. I want to mention, but I'm about a little more than halfway through eleven twenty two sixty three. Um, I have been I've been watching that, and I've been trying to, if I take on a new show or start watching a show. I don't want to start something else unless I finish that first. <laughs> yeah, I so, know. I go ahead. Yeah. Yep. So I'm trying to finish 112263. Not that it's like a chore cuz I am enjoying it. Right. Um, but I'm trying to finish that before I start something else. Sure. So, there's some other stuff I want to jump onto, MST3K being one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, uh 
13 Answers or whatever that one's called. The, 13 Reasons Why. There you go. That yeah. everybody's talking about on Netflix, which yeah. it sounds kind of stupid to me, but right. apparently it's good. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's some stuff I want to check out, and eventually I'd, I'd like to share my thoughts on 112263. Nice. Um, so I will report back with that. Sweet. Um, um, how are you watching Hulu? Are you using, you're using a Roku? Using the Roku, yeah. Okay. So my question for you, is that like, is that a Roku box or like a Roku stick? It is a box. Okay. So when you go into Hulu, does it just take you right to Hulu? Yes. Okay. So it doesn't prompt you for like a profile? No. Okay. Okay. Did you create one for me? I created one specifically oh, for really? you. Oh, really? Yeah. And like, so like I have one for, for me, for my brother and for you. Oh. And then I loaded up mine because I guess mine's the default and I kept like looking at them like, it said like resume episode five of 112263. Oh. And I'm like, tiny? <laughs> I think, did you also watch Pawn Stars? Damn. No, I didn't. Okay, that may I have been not. my brother. Yeah, that's probably Ray. Anyway, um, yeah, so, so I was gonna, I was like, I, I assumed that that was the case. It just yeah. didn't prompt you for it. I will look into that. It, you don't have to. It's okay. not a big deal. <laughs> I love Roku, but mm-hmm. it is, ve- it's, it's a pretty bare bones platform. Oh, yeah. It's not flashy at all. They mm-hmm. don't have bells and whistles. Gotcha. And so that's, that's probably why there's no mm-hmm. like prompts. Um, one of the only, one of the only uh, channels, if you will, mm-hmm. um, that's kind of flashy is Netflix. Oh, okay. Um, it's mm-hmm. it's nice, but even like HBO Go, mm-hmm. it's very, very vanilla. Bare bones. Bare yeah. bones. Yeah. On Hulu, when you use when you use Hulu on the Roku, does it take a while to load? No. No. Interesting, because like I have, I use my PS3, uh, which by the way, guys, I also have a PS4. Add me on PSN, guys. Come on, guys. Yeah, Top Banana zero seven six nine. Come on. Anyway, um, on my P- PS3, I'm basically using that as like media. So I'm using PS4 for games, my PS3 for like all my streaming services. I have uh, Hulu, Netflix, Amazon Prime, and uh, HBO Go. I think that's all of them that I have on there. I also have like, like voodoo or, and, or voodoo or vo- whatever it is. Um, but I never use that. But anyway, um, so I use those on my PS3. Each one, like, the, I mean, the actual app on PS3, like it loads pretty fine or pretty quickly. But I mean, the Hulu one, it's like, it takes like several seconds just to load it. It'll, it'll load like the background and have the boxes and it'll be grayed out. And then it'll take like a few extra, probably up to five to five to ten seconds to actually load each like the the screens and huh. everything. It's it's really annoying. That's a shame. Maybe that's just a PS3 app thing. That it may be. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I've I've had that issue with Netflix on Roku before. Oh, interesting. But I, they've updated it a handful of times since then. Um, mm-hmm. The Roku was a little clunky when I first got it. Okay. But it's really smooth now. Nice. So. Okay. Yeah, and I I remember this was probably like a year ago when you mm-hmm. mentioned, um, you had a bit of a rant about people complaining about. Ads on Hulu. Yeah, I was kind of a douche about that, but go ahead. Well, but the thing is, I'm with you 100%. Nice. You cannot bitch about three minutes. <laughs> I know. I, it's not even three minutes. Maybe mm. three minutes across 45-minute episode. Yeah. It's it's just nothing. It. Yeah. I, Thank I, I you. I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah. it's just, it's a little... Um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Entitled. There's an entitlement yes. to the complaining. Yeah. Um, yeah, which I mean, I can, I can understand that. I mean, yeah. 
on, uh, let's see, should, should I go ahead and go next? Yeah, sure, go ahead. Okay, and on that note, I actually, like, going back to MST3K, I, I mean, when I was watching that first episode and I had that just rush of nostalgia, I, I mean, I spent that hour and a half basically going on to Hulu, not the whole time, but I was going on to Hulu and checking what old ones they had added, added it to my watch list on Hulu. Went to Netflix, added the, uh, the old episodes to, to Netflix. And I watched, like, I watched the first couple episodes of, of the original when I was kind of falling asleep that night. But, um, I also went on to Amazon and created an MST3K wish list that I just added mm-hmm. the DVD box sets to. Nice. Yeah. There's so many of them. The reason I stopped collecting them is because they were so expensive. Yeah. Yep. It's crazy. Yeah. They actually, I believe that they re-released them under Shout Factory. Oh, okay. And let me pull up and see how much each one is. Cause I think each one's like only like, I mean, yeah, about 20 bucks. Twenty bucks. Really? Each. See, when I was yeah. buying them, they were like thirty-five or forty. Yeah. A pop. Yeah. Yeah. They're like twenty bucks, uh, about twenty bucks each, and each one looks like they have about four, four episodes of four movies. Oh, okay. So that that's that's reasonable. Yeah. That oh, is yeah. reasonable. Yeah. About nineteen ninety-nine on Amazon for each one. Nice. And uh, and yeah, they have like something like twenty-five box sets. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So anyway, um, it's funny because like I to kind of go behind the scenes guys to to my life um when i like on the weekend i'll sleep on the couch um because i have my tv and i'll just watch something on tv and fall asleep to it and then wake up sometimes i'll wake up and go to bed but whatever anyway um <laughs> when i watch stuff i don't watch it on netflix because they they stop you after three episodes or after an hour and a half and they prompt you to to watch it which makes sense because it's bandwidth stuff right. i'm sure but like hulu doesn't do that so i'll watch like i'll sleep to like three seasons of not three seasons but like a season and a half worth of family guy or something mm-hmm. um but having said that i did have a uh choice essentially so i was recommended a tv show which is funny because tiny you uh say that yeah you don't like to start a start a show and and uh move on to something else and have a lot of uh, balls in the air um let's go with a quick lightning round of shows that i'm currently in oh boy yep uh let's see there is <clears throat> Battlestar galactica cheers um uh cheers batman the animated series i just started rewatching uh master of none uh um um gravity falls uh star trek the next generation mm, and mst3k uh those are just off the top of my you head son of a bitch i know it is a problem <laughs> and i really really need help um, <laughs> no i'm seriously i'm gonna be lame and i'm seriously gonna make a list and i'm gonna i'm gonna really tackle this because it's 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 a lot of stress. Anyway, um, also I have two episodes of eleven twenty two sixty three. I want to finish up to because uh, I was rewatching them. Anyway, so uh, having said that, I was recommended a show uh, called Flashpoint. Have you ever heard of the show? I feel like I have, but I can't picture it. Okay, so it is a um, it's a Canadian. Um, you lost me. <laughs> yeah, I'm kidding. It is a Canadian. Um, police tactical tactical police drama. That's like an oxymoron it's, and a half. 
It's kind of interesting. <laughs> okay. It's like a, uh, and I probably shouldn't bring it up this, this only because I've only watched the first episode, but, uh, that's neither here nor there. So Flashpoint is about a, I think they're called the SRU. Um, it's basically <laughs> like Canada's SWAT unit. Counter-terrorist unit. Pretty much. Yeah. Los Angeles. Yeah. So the whole, the show revolves around a team that they, they're, they're the team that's called in for, um, you know, high, uh, high tension, uh, like hostage situations, bomb threats, stuff like that. Okay. They're, they're the SWAT unit of Canada. Gotcha. Um, um, <laughs> the only one yeah, in all yeah, of Canada. Right. <laughs> so, uh, one of the stars of the show is my, my first, my first crush, Amy Jo Johnson. Oh, really? Yes. Um, her and then also, uh, Enrico, something he was who was i was i was watching the first episode and i was trying so hard to remember who where i knew him from mm-hmm. um and i kept wanting to say that he was um oh what is the guy's name he does a bunch of pixar voices um not john ratzenberger um That's what i was gonna say yeah i, I knew i knew you were gonna <laughs> say that um uh, oh i i know his name he play, funny enough. He played a character in Scrubs named Roger Corman. I think oh, really? named Roger Corman. Uh, Richard Kind. Okay. Richard Kind. Okay. Uh, the dude looks just like him. But anyway, um, I digress because I remembered that I remembered him. Like I looked him up, and as I was watching, I was like, "Oh, that's where I know him from." The 1990s David Spade sitcom, "Just Shoot Me." Wow. <laughs> yeah. You're the one who watched that then. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> And he was also uh, Veronica Mars's dad, which is another show that I've seen a few episodes of, and then and then didn't uh, didn't continue. Wow. Anyway, Flashpoint. It uh, that first episode was pretty solid, pretty pretty enjoyable. Yeah, and um, the funny thing is, is that it's on Hulu, but it's also on Amazon Prime. Huh. So I like, even though I don't care about you know the Hulu ads and stuff, I went straight to Amazon Prime to watch it because it doesn't have ads. Um, so yeah, in, in the first, the first episode was pretty solid. It's uh, about a hostage situation in the middle of a, of a crowded business center area. Um, and it's like the opening of the show is the team, like the, the dude from just shoot me, um, uh, trying to talk down, like he's the, like the hostage negotiator guy. Um, he's trying to talk down the guy, the guy's just speaking, not, not Russian, but, um, um, oh, some, some European language. I, I don't know. But, um, and, and then there's like the sniper guy in the team has like his sights trained on him. And then, uh, the guy from just shoot me gives the, gives the order to shoot the guy. And then it flashes back to two hours earlier. And then it shows like the lead up to that kind of that device. Okay. Um, but honestly, like it's, it was pretty good. I, I'm really kind of anxious to see where it goes because it played with some really interesting, um, it hinted at some really interesting character dynamics and it played with some interesting, like, um, emotional, uh, reactions to what, to what the job that they do. Um, there's a really great scene where kind of the whole episode is about the sniper guys, how he's, how he deals with what, what happened at, at that, at that job. Like half, the last half of the episode is about him, uh, internalizing what, like what happened. um, and like they do like kind of the kind of textbook thing, like after 
like shooting in- incident thing, like the the interview and everything, and then the internal affairs thing. Okay, they have different names for everything, though. So oh, of course they do. Yeah. Um. So goddamn metric system. <laughs> So anyway, uh, yeah, so it's, uh, it's really interesting. And there's a really like powerful scene where he comes home, um, and he just hugs his kid. And it's like, like I was a little bit affected by it. I was like, this is pretty damn good. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to kind of digging deeper into that and, and seeing, uh, how it goes. It's on Hulu and, uh, Amazon Prime. It's, I think it has like five seasons. Does it air on Canadian Network? Aired. Because it ended, okay. okay. Um, and like I BBC Canada or something. Think, I don't think there is a BBC Canada. Is I know, there? I was joking. Oh, okay. There might be. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna give you shit about that, but I think Orphan Black is a Canadian show oh, that really? airs on BBC America. Oh. Uh, um, I'm just curious. Because when you first started, I was like, are you sure you weren't watching SNL and they're doing a skit about a Canadian right. SWAT team? <laughs> um, I just Googled Flashpoint Channel and I think it was on like Ion Television. CTV oh, I've heard of Ion. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I'm just, I was just curious. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was on C, uh, CTV. It was on, uh, premiered on July 11th, 2008. It has five seasons and 75 episodes. And, uh, okay. yeah, so I, you know, I, I enjoyed it. I, uh, uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I'll, I'll report back on it at a later date. Cool. So tiny, what do you have next? Uh, my last thing that I'll bring up mm-hmm. is, um, uh, the movie Atlas Shrugged part one. Okay. Because I, I read the book finally. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're unfamiliar, Atlas Shrugged is a classic piece of American literature mm-hmm. that's highly steeped in political principles, uh, very libertarian leaning, um, political principles. It's a lot about like individual liberty and kind of anti-government, anti-regulation and, um, free market economics, stuff like that. Um, and it's, it's a classic and I've been meaning to read it forever. And, uh, I spent a lot of time in the car at work, so I just started getting in, to audiobooks and mm. I, I listened to it that way. Um, and I, I enjoyed the book quite a bit. It was, I kind of leaned that way politically anyway, so it kind of echoed a lot of my sentiments. So I enjoyed it for that reason. Um, and I, I think no one's ever made a movie about it, uh, except until now in 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, director was Paul Johansson, um, who I don't know if he's notable for anything, but, uh, <laughs> For whatever reason, somebody decided to make it a movie, um, and and I I don't think it was a good idea. It's it's one of those books that's first of all, it's over a thousand pages. It's very long, mm-hmm. um, and I, I'm not kidding you. Sixty of those pages is one man giving a speech over the radio for two hours. Oh yeah, did you? Yeah, did you? You tried to read that before. I had never tried to read it before. I okay. tried to read uh, the Fountainhead. The Fountainhead. Okay, and isn't there wasn't there something similar in the Fountainhead? Like it was like pages upon pages of just a guy's monologue. I think so. For like sixty pages. I think so. Okay. Yeah, uh, I, I did give up on the Fountainhead because mm-hmm. um, I, I have a lot of issues with Ayn Rand as a writer, mm-hmm. and so th- those things kind of is it me Ayn Rand or Ayn Rand? I have no idea. Okay. I call it I, I call it Ayn Rand. Okay. Yeah. Damn Soviets. <laughs> um, she is a Russian. She was a Russian immigrant. So. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so th- I, I think 
Atlas Shrugged is just one of those books that it's pretty much impossible to make it a movie mm-hmm. while still capturing the essence of the book. Um, it's just it's just an unadaptable thing. And they tried to break this one up into three parts. There's three movies. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and so I, I wanted to watch the first one because I was like, I've heard it's pretty crappy. And I, after reading the book, there, I don't think they could, I don't think you could adapt it very well. Mm-hmm. But I got to give it a shot. And so I rented it from Amazon Prime. And yeah, it's pretty bad. Um, I, I was pretty disappointed. Um, they, they didn't necessarily take liberties with the story, Mm -hmm. but they took stuff from like later in the book and combined it with the events early on in the book. Okay. So, cause Hmm. the book takes place over like 10 years. Mm -hmm. Um, and so they kind of did that and it just, it rubbed me the wrong way. It didn't, it didn't give a good progression of the story and the characters to mesh those timelines together like that. So that, that rubbed me the wrong way, but I can understand why they took those directions. Um, but unfortunately, um, there's just some really hammy bad acting in it. Uh, um, Grant Bowler is the standout. Uh, he's a, a Kiwi. He's a New Zealand actor. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, I'm doing air quotes here. Famous for uh, the TV show Defiance on Sci-Fi. Never, okay. Never even heard of it. I don't know what that is. Yeah, that was like a a sci-fi show that like one of the big draws of it was I believe when it premiered or before it premiered, it had a video game. Okay. That tied into it. Okay. I, I don't yeah. know. Well, if this guy's in it, I don't want to see it because he <laughs> is terrible and the worst thing is he's playing my favorite character in the book oh. uh hank reardon he plays mm-hmm. my favorite character and he's just craps all over it he's really bad um so that that's unfortunate the lead uh dagny taggart is the lead character is played by taylor Schilling of orange is the new black fan oh, okay she's she's actually good mm-hmm. i enjoyed her she she pulls off the very little scraps of whatever is good on the script that they give her um, she, and, and runs with it. She, she does a pretty good job. I, I enjoy her. She's, she's just a really charming actress. Um, okay. I, I enjoyed her in this, um, but that that's about it. It's, it's just a really bad, um, the plot description. If you don't know anything about Atlas shrugged, uh, railroad executive Dagny Taggart and uh, steel mogul, Henry Reardon form an alliance to fight the increasingly authoritarian government of the United States. Um, which that's kind of the crux of the book. There okay. are these titans of industry who are fighting against the government, against regulations. Okay. Um, and so it's it's this very grand idea of a movie, and I feel like the story is a very grand idea, and they they condensed it into a not grand idea, hmm. which is like the most egregious thing they could have done. Yeah. With a classic piece of literature, so damn, it's really unfortunate. Um, like I said, Taylor Schilling is a standout, and I, I did enjoy her. A little bit, but uh, it's it's just not good. I don't even know if I could bring myself to watch the other two parts. Maybe if they were free, but I had to pay to rent this. So, oh yeah, yeah, it's just not. It's Dang. just not good. It's a well, bummer. that's that's a bummer. Yeah, that's a bummer. Read the book though. The book's good. Okay, fifty-three damn hours of an audiobook. Man, I need to get I need to get back into Audible because I keep yeah. getting credits. And I keep not using credits. Oh, you got to use those. Yes, because I've been listening to The Dark Tower. Oh, um, uh, yeah. Because I have a download of all the Dark Tower audiobooks. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, 
I've been just listening to that, and I've been listening to music too. So yeah, um, yeah. I'll I'm get trying to catch up on podcasts right now. Nice. But, By the way, Tiny. Yeah. Anthology launched season two. Hey. At anthologypod.com. Nice. Anyway, um, so yeah, that was your last thing. My last thing. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So I'll wrap things up with, um. A brief, a brief thing. It's not going to be that, uh, that long, but I do want to kind of probably the tag for the episode is going to be something that I'm going to tell you that I don't know if you've seen on Facebook yet or not, but okay. we'll, we'll surprise you. Um, I started like, I, like three years ago, I mentioned that, oh, the Flash pilot episode was really good. Never watched another episode after that. <laughs> so I finally was like, you know what? I'm just going to start watching The Flash. I'm like five episodes in. It's pretty good so far. I like the I like the charisma of the main actor, Grant Gustin, I think. Okay. Um, he's he's really good in it, and it's it's. I mean, The Flash is a cool superhero. I mean, he's just he's just cool. Um, and uh, I like the because it's not like he's super powered per se. Like he's not. I like the, there's a cleverness to the way that he fights the bad guys. Okay. Um, and it's, it's really, it's really fun. I'll report more, more on that later. Um, also, The Flash is also added to that list of, of shows. Also, I really want to go back and watch Bates Motel from the beginning again because they just aired their series finale. Mm-hmm. So that's another show that I want to add to my list. So, yeah. I'm seriously, like tonight, I'm not joking. I'm going to make a list of all the shows and I'm going to, I'm going to tackle them one by one. Okay. Um, so yeah, so I think that's going to just about do it for us guys. <laughs> um, so, okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. I was recording that whole time. <laughs> anyway. Um, uh, okay. So yeah, if you guys like what you hear and want to, are you on Facebook? I'm not. Okay, good. Um, if you like what you hear and you want to support the podcast, please head over to iTunes and leave a rating and review. The more ratings and reviews we get, the easier it will be for pe- for people to find the show in iTunes' search results. And uh, if you want to show your support with your wallet, you can do that by clicking the donate button on obsessiveviewer.com. For a one-time donation or for recurring donations, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer, where you can choose from several different reward tiers. And also, if you want to donate to Anthology, you can choose reward tiers for Anthology. Uh, any and all donations made will help pay the fees to keep the podcast running so we can continue to provide you with our podcast hopefully each week um we have had kind of a a, a staggered release or kind of a kind of a lackluster release schedule recently but i feel like we're gonna get we're getting back on track we're we're gonna get we're, we're getting better guys um next week what are we talking about tiny we're talking about family family um, I don't got friends, I got family. <laughs> we are going to be reviewing The Fate of the Furious. Um, yes, a couple weeks late, but that's fine. Uh, so join us next week for that. And uh, yeah, I think that about does it. Uh, anything you need? Anything you want to say? I don't think so. All right, me neither. Thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you next time. Thanks. Thanks, guys. And so the... The thing at the end here, mm-hmm. um, this will be the tag. <laughs> um, did you see this news that Jeff Goldblum returns for Jurassic World 2? Really? Yeah, that's something interesting. Wow. Um, yeah. Uh, which we weren't big fans of Jurassic World. Yeah. But I'm curious how they'll, uh, you know, incorporate yeah. him and, uh, I, 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 I wasn't, I wasn't a fan of, of, of Jurassic World, but, <laughs> but, 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 uh, I believe the addition of Jurassic Goldblum could be, could be a winner.
That sounded like Jeff Goldblum doing an impression of Barack Obama. <laughs> Did it? Sort of. I mean, it's I the best what, I got. I got what you were going. I got I'm, I'm not an impressionist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, <laughs> that was my attempt. Oh, God damn it! I'm gonna stop. Yeah, stop me. Yep. Uh, yeah. The uh, producer Frank Marshall had this quote to say: "I'm excited to have him back. The world has changed a lot since Ian Malcolm went to Jurassic Park, and we need his point of view now more than ever. He told us about chaos theory. He was right. I just." I don't know. I just, we need his point of view now more than ever. Like, I'm kind of reading into that to mean... Wow. We're, you know... I mean, granted, I mean, it was one of the highest grossing movies yeah. and everything. But, like, from a creative standpoint, it makes me think, like, yeah, you do. Because the movie <laughs> wasn't that great. Yeah. Grasping at straws. Uh, yep. So, Jurassic World is set for June 22nd, 2018. Interesting. So, we'll talk about it next year. Cool. Anyway. uh, Yeah. So, that does it. So, thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next time. Thanks. Mm. Thank you for listening to The Obsessive Viewer, presented by ObsessiveViewer.com. You can find more of our episodes at ovpodcast.com, and you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast app. The Obsessive Viewer's theme song is An Eclipse of Events and is provided by Loudlike from their EP, Mistakes We Must Make. You can find that and more great music from them on iTunes and like their Facebook page at facebook.com slash loudlikemusic. Any and all feedback on the podcast is encouraged. You can email the hosts individually at Matt, Tiny, or Mike at ObsessiveViewer.com or send an email to the podcast in general at podcast at ObsessiveViewer.com. Check out the Obsessive Viewer blog at ObsessiveViewer.com where we post movie and TV reviews and the occasional editorial about the business of entertainment. You can also like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash The Obsessive Viewer and follow us on Twitter at Obsessive Viewer, at Obsessive Tiny, and at I Am Mike White. If you want more obsessive content in your life, check out our sister site, ObsessiveBookNerd.com, for book reviews, author spotlights, and a general celebration of reading. Finally, if you're philosophically curious, check out Tiny's side project podcast, The Secular Perspective, which explores the concepts of faith, religion, and existence from the perspective of secular hosts. You can find that at thesecularperspective.com and subscribe to the podcast on the podcatcher of your choice. Again, thank you so much for listening. We love you. Be excellent to each other. <laughs>